1: AI Pro also puts you in the heart of our sound studio, with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms, and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today. Hello and welcome
0: to AI Scouted. I am not Dave, but he's here with me. How are you doing, Dave? I'm good, mate. How are you? I'm without Carl. How about you? Yeah, that is my fault,
2: and we should point that out. It is my fault that Carl can't join us today, uh, as I was not available when he was available. And given that I'm much more important than him, we've decided to do it when I'm available, he can just do whatever it is he does as he wanders around the independent offices uh, looking for stories.
0: Yes, he is making us sad, because first it was Mel playing, the plane, mm. and now it's the Albie injury news, which... The season's over for everyone.
2: I think there's a real cause now to null and void the entire season, not just in La Liga, but globally. Just mm. null and void all the seasons until this man returns. And like an ACL tear, he's going to be out probably 9, 10, 11 months. So it'll be the back half of next season. So I, I reckon we just call it off. We'll We'll start up again in 2023. And, uh, and and we'll go from there because football without Albi really is nothing.
0: And now he's playing as a winger as well, so he's finally he's finally found his home as well. Yeah, he's got six goals this season
2: in thirty-five games, which is a career best for him. He's actually been playing really good football as well, which is no surprise to Albi ultras like myself and yourself. But I think Obviously. to some people, um, it might be a little bit of a surprise. But no, Albi Albi has been. Really, really good this season as a as a left winger. He's played obviously some left back as well, but whether it's Pedraza or Astupian behind him or him behind one of the others, that left side for Villarreal this season has been pretty impressive. And um, it's a shame. It's a shame for any player, but especially one as likable as Albi, who you know was a Champions League winner with Liverpool. He's got two Europa leagues, one with. Sevilla one with Villarreal. He's, uh, he's had himself a, a tidy career.
0: He really has. He really has. And he was about to knock Juventus out of the Champions League as well. Mm. On the Champions League, that is why we're here, too. There's a reason I'm hosting. It's because I know nothing of Inter Milan. <laughs> um, we know Barella's missing through suspension as well. Just a quick look at their form, if I actually click on the right tab. Uh, they beat Salah, I can't say that, Salah Natana 5-0 at the weekend. Drew 0 0 with Milan in the cup. Drew 0 0 with Genoa, who I think we discussed on Two Footed. There's now a weekly segment we will look after Genoa for some reason. Yeah, Uh um, awful. Yeah. Uh, and lost to Sassuolo, who uh, I can't say as well. And that was, they, they were the games after they played us. So mm. I think they're still favourites for the title because they've got a game in hand. But it looks like they've stumbled a bit after, uh, after losing to us.
2: Yeah, they were. They were playing really well, and they were top of the league. They went top, I think, in this mid-December, and they were top of the league for about eight weeks, and then they lost the Milan derby. Then they drew with Napoli away from home, a game where they probably should have won it on the balance of play. Then they played us, and obviously it didn't go particularly well for them. They had some good moments, but... 2-0 defeat at home is never a positive. Um, and off the back of that, then, like you said, it just hasn't been great. And so beating Salah is is all well and good, but this is the team who are nailed to the bottom of Serie A and almost certain to go down. Uh, they're 10 points from safety. They've conceded 61 goals, by far the worst in the division. So, Beating them is all well and good, but it's something you should do if you're into Milan and you have serious ambition and you're at home. Um, They played well in the game, it must be said. Barella was incredible, absolute As good a midfield performance as you'll see all season. Involved in all five goals. Martinez gets three, Dzeko gets two, and they played some very good football. They look strong at the back, progressive through midfield and dangerous in attack. It's what you expect from this Inter Milan team, but they are in a bit of a funk other than that game over the past, well, since the start of February, really. Since the start of February, that's their only victory other than they beat Roma 2-0 in the Coppa Italia quarter final, and everybody beat Roma uh, at one point this season. So, you'd have to say going in, we're obviously in better form. We are in, we are in tremendous form in terms of our results. I mean, Mm -hmm. I, I wouldn't, suggest there's any club in Europe currently playing uh, better than us but you know for them to be in bad form and missing Barella that's that's really difficult for them coming to Anfield with a 2-0 deficit no no best player yeah I mean you'd have to favour you really do have to favour us we're in a very very strong position right now going into this game
0: Yeah, and obviously we saw Vidal in the first leg replace Borrella. Are you thinking the same with that? Yeah, I think so. I mean, the the Vidal thing didn't
2: really work for them because he was a tremendous player. There's no way around that. Vidal at his best was a really, really good player. But he is just very slow-footed, and he can only really play in bursts now. He's not capable of sustaining anything for a a long stretch in a game. He's played 30 times this season. He's only made, I think, five starts, six starts. All the rest have been off the bench. That's the role that suits him more. But with Brozovic and Chalunaglu in the other two positions, it sort of comes down to him and Gagliardini. And Gagliardini's been in even less favour with the manager than than Vidal has in terms of starts. So, yeah, I'd assume Vidal stays in the midfield. They are also potentially missing Ivan Perisic, who has a, a some muscle issue. Now, they're hopeful that they'll have him back, but there's no way he can be fit.
0: Is Goosens fit yet? Yeah.
2: Yeah, Goosens came on against Salah played really well, got an assist. Darmian started there. Darmian obviously is not an ideal solution there because, well, one, he's not very good and two, he is right-footed and far more comfortable
0: and they, on the right side. And they side. need to attack us as well.
2: And that's it. And and Robin Goosens is one of the best attacking wing-backs in European football. So if he's ready to go, I think they might start him, give him an hour and then bring Perisic on. Otherwise, I think they'll do the reverse. They'll start Perisic and then bring Goosens on when... Perisic starts to tire. They'll want to be really careful with Perisic with that injury because, he, he, I mean, the guy's 33 years of age. You you don't really want to mess about with muscle injuries with a guy in their mid-30s who's played an awful lot of football. And a lot of football this year. I mean, he's been pretty close to ever-present for them. 35 appearances. There's only Brozovic, Martinez and Handanovic have played more times. And he starts pretty much every game, so you you guess they'll be careful with him. I guess they'll start Gosens and bring on Perisic, if, if I had to guess, but it could well be the other way around. That's, those are the two questionable positions. I mean, everything else kind of lines up. Handanovic will be in goal, Dumfries will be the right wing back, barring a bizarre decision to play And <clears throat> Dumfries caused us problems in the first leg. It'll be Scrinier, De Vries, and Bastoni as the back three. That's one of the best back threes in Europe. All three individually are very good. De Vries had a bit of a strange season, but he has looked a bit more comfortable of late. Um, Bastoni caused us problems as well with his ability to carry the ball into midfield mm-hmm. and break the lines that way. So those four will be there. It's a question mark at the left wing back position. Brozovic will be the holding midfielder shall will be the left side at eight it's vidal or gagliardini i would guess will be the right side at eight i'd assume vidal
0: and is, then up front per um, senior still play for inter
2: he does he does he hasn't played a whole lot this season right, okay uh, only three starts 20 appearances though so
0: mm. he
2: is a guy that they do bring off the bench quite a bit and he's another guy with a lot of energy he's powerful he's aggressive he can carry the ball. He's a decent passer. And he's he's been a, a very important squad player for Inter Milan over the last few years. Now, last season, he played a lot less, only eight games, because he had injuries. But you look before that, you know, 25, 40, 31, 38. He's been an important player uh, through his career, whether it was, you know, at Fiorentina or at Empoli when he was there on loan or since he joined Inter. He's always someone that plays a lot of football and, and does a job for the team, a valuable squad player. I don't think they'll start him. They might be better off starting him and then bringing on Vidal. Mm-hmm. Though if it was me, I'd probably start Gagliardini because I think he's just a bit more reliable, a little bit <clears throat> more defensively stable. Looking perhaps. Am- <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. And, you know, 27, he's still kind of in his prime years. He, he, he can score the odd goal. He's dangerous from long range with his shooting, as we know. Chalinaglu will be on the other side, and Brozovic isn't afraid to to get his shot off either if given the opportunity. So, I mean, there's a lot of danger in that midfield. There, it's just it's one of the strengths of this Inter Milan team since Conte was there, was having these bodies in midfield. Now I think they made a mistake in January and they let Stefano Sensi go out on loan. Mm to Sampdoria, he would have been the natural replacement for Barella. I think he's a really good player. It's just never fully clicked for him at Inter with with injuries and with you know some inconsistencies to his game. And whatever reason it was, Inzaghi just didn't take a shine to him straight away. But I, I think he made a mistake. And speaking to some of the guys that do like the Italian football pod and other, others, they all think it was a mistake as well. They think he should have been kept even if it was just a case of keeping him as a squad player and giving him these two starts against us because his ability to break the lines, he's good at carrying the ball, he's a very diligent player in his defensive work, he's an aggressive player, he's very, very good technically, and he can pop up with the odd goal for you. They felt like it was a mistake not keeping him around, especially knowing that Barella was going to miss both games
0: yeah or at least replace him with someone maybe a bit more uh, dependable fitness wise or something like that but did they I mean, the that? other
2: option they have the other option they have now it's not something they've done at all, but they could play Perisic in the midfield they could play him as an ace and start goson's augustson's on the right they they could try that he's played a lot of football in midfield in the past
0: with Kanaly would that work
2: it'll be it'll be quite attack minded but they're chasing the game anyway. True. So what what do you have to lose? You get Perisic in more central areas. He's, he's very, very good off both feet. So if you get him in central areas and he can go either side, get his shot away, maybe that's an option for them.
0: How um, flexible's is um, Inzaghi with tactics? Is, is he locked in with 3-5-2, 3-4-3, three, three, say Conte? He's oh, mid- definitely
2: going to play a back three. Yeah, right, he's, he's he is very much a back three merchant. Always was at Lazio. Mm-hmm. In midfield, at times in the past, he has gone with uh, a three-four-three three to get that third attacker on the pitch. But you can't really do that with this Inter team if you're playing Chalantaglu mm. because he's not really going to work in a double pivot. He's not good enough defensively. He's not mobile enough. You you're sort of playing him as an attacking midfielder who lines up as an eight, but operates largely as a 10. And you're hoping that you can get away with it through the work rate and the positioning of the likes of Parasic and Barella when he plays. There don't but, have too so um, many
0: options up front to my eyes. I've got the squad list in front of me. Is it is it just Casado and Sanchez as a backup? Unless I'm missing some money.
2: And Wacking Correa, it's oh, yeah. yeah. Matchett's uh, favorite Yeah, he's linked. Argentinian.
0: A, he's listed as a midfielder for some reason. But yeah, I mean, he, the, he, him and Chalonaglu will probably be
2: too attacking, right? But he can play as an eight as well, right? Okay. So I, I don't think they'll do that. I think that would be very, very risky against us considering how much of the ball we're likely to have at Anfield. But he could do it. He could do it maybe late in the game as a change. If he starts Vidal, bring Vidal off on the hour. If you're chasing the game, put Correa on there and hope that, you know, he can break the lines and pick up little pockets of space that that'll be evident behind our midfield three um but yeah i mean the, the forward line jeko's obviously very very good he, he's not the great striker he was 3 4 years ago but he's still a very good goal scorer you know 16 already this season 13 last 19 14 his first two seasons at roma with uh 39 and 24 he was special that season we scored 39 that's the season he played with Salah
0: good and
2: lord he was just the, the two of them were just frightening together um and obviously he was very good for man, man city as well bar his last season there i wanted us to sign
0: him when we were getting
2: same you know. it's that andy carroll yeah him and suarez would have been a much better pairing than, than carroll and suarez the only issue i suppose might have been a lack of pace it's not like Andy Carroll is out running anybody. But yeah, I, I've always liked Jekyll. I back from when he was at Wolfsburg and he had that brilliant season in oh eight, oh nine, we were going for the title ourselves, <clears throat> excuse me. And you were looking at our team, and a lot of the talk was, well, Torres misses a lot of games. You could do it having someone there. That's kind of when I started looking at Ed and Jekyll. Now he was too good to come in as a backup, but Torres and Dzeko was a two could have worked if he went to a diamond midfield. Mm. And then obviously when we were when we were selling Torres, Dzeko was high on the list of people you would have wanted to come in and replace him. And we allowed him to go to City in that same month that we signed Andy Carroll for £35 million. What did City um, buy
0: him for? Couldn't have been City, City cheaper
2: bought than
0: him. That, wasn't
2: it? I think City paid less. Uh, Manchester City... 27 million. Good Lord. 27 million. So, yeah, we could have... Now, the thing is, City did buy him right at the start of the window. Right. So maybe that was a deal that just couldn't be done. But he would have made a lot of sense for us. He really would have made a lot of sense for us. um, Because he was coming off a high Mm. at Wolfsburg. He'd done really, really well there. He'd won a league title there. And in in that oh eight oh nine 9 season, he won a title. He scored 36 goals. He I think he had like 11 or 12 assists. The following season, he gets 29 goals. Again, I think he's double figures assists. And even in that city season, City bought him. He had 11 and 19. So again, well on his way to 20 goals for the season. Was creative for others. He's always been a great link player, which is I think why they bought him more so than the goals he'll get you. It's his ability to act as a facilitator as well. You look at him at City, how many goals he created for the likes of Aguero and Yaya and David Silva. Same thing at Roma with Mo and now at Inter with Latura Martinez. His hold-up play, his link play, he's incredibly strong. Even now when he doesn't have the leap that he used to have, he's still very, very good in the air. Both Not just for, for heading on goal, but for flick-ons and knock-downs. And he's similar to Virgil in that he can pass the ball with his head. Which not a lot of players master, um, but he he's just a very very good player. And with Laturo, it's just a partnership that works. It's it's not as good as the Laturo um, Romelu Lukaku partnership, but it might actually be getting more out of Laturo because mm. it puts more of the emphasis on him. Now he's got thir- uh, 15 goals this season. Last season he got 19. The year before he got 21. So. He's in and around the same ballpark, but if you look at the league form, he's got 14 and 25. He only got 17 and 38 last year, so he's on track to beat that. He got 14 and 35 the season before when they finished second or third. He's going to beat that. So you're actually getting more out of Arturo as a goal scorer by playing him with a guy like Jacko, who's obviously wants to get his goals, but he's also happy to facilitate. And he's just so good at linking play, holding the ball up, He's one of the great outballs of the last 10 years. If you're under the cash, there's very few strikers that it's better to just throw it up to than Edin Jacko because he'll take it in, he'll protect it, he's big and he's awkward and he's got really good feet. He's two-footed as well, which is always good. If your striker can, can turn both sides and be comfortable passing the ball, that partnership works for them. And if they can get them to the supply, they will cause us trouble. There's no doubt they'll cause us trouble. And, you know, you mentioned off the bench, they've got Alexis Sanchez. He's had a bit of a renaissance at Inter. He's clearly not the player he once was. There's there's just no way around that. He, he'll never get close to being the guy he was at Arsenal from, say, 2014 to 2017. He'll never be that again. But he's certainly been better for Inter in the last two years than he was at Manchester United or even in that last season at Arsenal. You know, when he started to really phone it in and he looked like he put on a bit of weight and he just couldn't be arsed, really. Um, he's, He's better than he has been for a few years. And it's good to see because it's often forgotten what a good player he was. I mean, he was a very good player for Udinese, a very good player for Barcelona, a great player for Arsenal. And it's a shame that it ended the way it did at Arsenal. It's a shame it went the way... It's a shame for him that it went the way it did at Manchester United and i mean they couldn't wait to get rid of him they they loaned him out for the first year he was at inter i think they paid 80% of his wages and remember he was on about 400 450 grand a week they're currently still paying him <clears throat> a substantial
0: amount of money you do because, wonder why man aren't really well run do you
2: <laughs> yeah i mean it, it's 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 a strange thing like they you know you see them make a mistake like signing cristiano and you're like, that's not really typical of what they do, except, of course, that it is. And uh, I put a poll on Twitter yesterday um, asking people's opinion on the worst signing made by Manchester United. And I put up Maguire for 80 million, uh, Pogba for 89 and the big wages, Wan-Bissaka at 50. And then obviously Cristiano at 15 million and a half million a week. But I mean, if I'd had more space, I would have been including Alexis. I probably would have included Lukaku because they lost money on him. I probably would have included Di Maria because they lost money on him. And if I was to really dig in, I'm sure there's others like there's matic and stuff <laughs> that they could have gotten into. But um, Alexis Fred. was Fred. Yeah, I mean, 50 million for Fred is is just not it's just not solid business at all. And their fans that. wonder, oh. <laughs> the uh, fans wonder why they're so bad. It, it, it's truly special.
0: I'm guessing Harry Maguire is winning that poll.
2: Harry Maguire is winning that poll with almost 60% of the vote. And last time I checked, there was nearly 5,000 votes. So yeah, Harry Maguire is running away with it. Cristiano and Pogba battling for second and third. And Juan uh, bissaka a lowly, I think it was 9%. Which I'm a bit surprised by because you paid fifty million for a fifteen million pound right back who can't kick the ball and got absolutely bodied by Phil Foden, who weighs <laughs> about as much as a photograph of himself. Um yeah, he's would imagine Juan would have got more, more love. But it shows how bad the other three have been. And as I said, I could have included others, yeah. including Alexis, who was once the poster boy for United's mishaps. <laughs> But now he's he's an afterthought.
0: Yeah, at least there was some logic. Well, maybe not Ronaldo. There was logic in the other one. But Maguire for eighty, I think every other non non Man United fan went, oh, oh yeah,
2: no. yeah. Because <laughs> when when that came up, you were like, Leicester want how much? No, nah, nobody will pay that. That's ridiculous. They'll they'll ask for that. He's worth forty. They'll settle on around fifty plus some add-ons. And all of a sudden, United are holding my. You know, you know, hold my beer. Here I go,
0: charging in with truckloads of money. Like, give us the player. Just madness. Absolute Leroy Jenkins into Harry Maguire.
2: hundred percent. A hundred percent. It's the ultimate Leroy Jenkins transfer. And what's great is that summer they signed him for eighty, Wanda Saka for fifty, and Dan James for twelve. And Dan James is by far the best of those three transfers because they made a profit when they sold him. If they sold Maguire and Wan-Bissaka tomorrow, I don't think they'd get 50 million between the pair of them because I don't think any top club would touch Wan-Bissaka. And I'm not sure... He'd
0: be back on loan at Palace. That's it.
2: He's probably going back on loan to Palace. And I'm not really sure you'd get much more than 35, 40 for Maguire. Mm. 29 years of age, definitely on the decline, attitude problems, behavioural problems. How Can't play in a high line, can't defend big spaces. Did you see his yellow card under, Brian? Jeez! Oh, magnificent. Magnificent what? stuff. And he should have been sent <laughs> off then after that. As almost as like the referee just thought, no, it'd be funnier to leave him on. Um yeah, I mean, you know, Alexis is well rid of that club. Well rid of that club. Yeah, and, well, uh, and, look, he's, he's enjoying his football at Inter Milan and he, he seems happy and they've got him and they've got uh, Felipe Casado that you mentioned earlier coming off the bench. And Casado was only really brought in for a bit of depth. Mm-hmm. Um Former Manchester City legend, Felipe Casado, that is. But uh, what's his face? Um Inzaghi knows him very well. He had him for four years at Lazio as the backup to Chiro Immobile. So he does like him. He played him a lot, a lot of sub appearances. But, you know, 30, 38, 38, 30 across four, se- four seasons there. He's clearly a player Inzaghi thinks he can trust. And if Dzeko needs a rest or ending, it's probably him that will come on. Big, strong, mm. powerful, pretty quick. That kind of, you know that kind of forward. A bit like a a poorer man's Mikel Antonio,
0: mm. Before we move on to Liverpool, just last one on, uh, uh, obviously, Laturo Martinez. He's not really been linked with us, but he was linked with both North London clubs and probably will be again in the summer unless he signs a new deal. Um, I think you wanted him at Liverpool in the past, but obviously signing Diaz, mm. we have Jotter and Bobby for the middle roles and now Mane as well. Well, do, you see, do you see him in the Premier League at some point, whether it's at Liverpool or not?
2: Yeah, I, I, I think so. I think so. His agents came out today and said he's staying at Inter for next season. But I mean, all of these things can change. And a lot of it is posturing for contracts and stuff like that. For me, if we were selling Sadio, which I, I do think is a distinct possibility this summer, uh, he would be on my list. Now, he's contracted with Inter until 2026. So. You know, you're, you're looking at a very expensive signing. He he would not be cheap at all. But he is the type of player I think that would work well as R9 with his movement, his ability to link play, his runs off the ball. I think he's a very, very good player. He's good at pressing as well. So, yeah, I mean, I, I don't see him going to Arsenal. I, I think he'd be a really bad fit in that Arsenal team as well. What they need is a, is a poacher, uh, someone to finish off the chances that Odegaard and Smith-Rowe and Saka and Martinelli can create and you'll have Martinelli as a secondary goal scorer. Saka, Odegaard and Smith-Rowe will all get you goals. But you need that primary goal scorer. That's not really his game. He, he'll he get you 20 a season, but he might only get you, say, 16 in the league and you need 20, 25. So I don't think he's a good fit for Arsenal. I don't think he's a good fit for Spurs unless they change the shape. Um you could go to some something relating to a four four two and play him and Kane through the middle, Sun wide left and Kulasewski wide right, and that would work. But that's not really Antonio Conte's way of playing. He has played the four two four in the past, but you I don't think to be
0: there it. next season. That's interesting.
2: <laughs> yeah, and that's probably wishful thinking as well. Um, that probably is wishful thinking. They're, they're losing
0: to Everton tonight, and he has put in his. Well, he's not resigning because he wants money, and <laughs> he's he's ask, asking politely to get sacked.
2: Yeah, he's got. He, there'll be more begging from him, asking mm. asking just for the for for the bullet, you know. Yeah. But, but they, um,
0: they did at Spurs when they had that dodgy week of nearly signing every striker in the world. It was 60 mil, that was the rumoured thing mm. from Martinez, but probably more than that now.
2: Yeah, I think so. I do think so. Um, when did he sign that new contract? Let me see. Was it after the Spurs shenanigans? Yeah, he signed a new contract in October. So, you would imagine, and, and there's already rumours that, that there's going to be another new deal to give him a bump in pay because right. of how well he's done this season. Um. yeah I think you're probably looking at 75 I think Mm. you'd be looking at 75 to get him he is he's a top echelon talent and he's only 24 so you know you're still a year or two away from him entering his prime years and he's already such a special player I I do think it would be a, a big big feat to get him and of course he's He's proven at all levels. He's done well in Europe. Now, not necessarily this season. He hasn't scored yet in the Champions League, but in prior years, he's performed very well. He's performed well in the Champions League this season. Um, He's done really well in the Europa League in the past. He's done brilliantly at international level, 19 goals in 37 games, not bad for a second striker. So he is proven across the board. And he is one I just, he'd be on my list. I mean, you'd be looking at, The kind of, the three pricey ones would be Nkunku 1, Zhao Felix 2, and him 3. And then you'd have like a second tier of, I mean, Guri, Matthias Cunha. Those type of players who can play through the middle, but aren't out-and-out goal scorers, and Hmm. will still act as more facilitators so that Salah remains the primary goal scorer on the team. I think he would fit the bill very well, and I think I think his personality would go well with how we play as well. He's got he's absolutely fearless. He We love a South American. We do love a South American, yeah. And he has that work rate of South American players as well. So uh, he'd definitely be on my list for, for without question.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Even by just reputation, he seemed very exciting. Um on to the Liverpool and the game itself. Obviously Liverpool a couple injury problems, but Thiago, Matip's obviously back from illness. Was Bobby back in training, or was he out for this one? Maybe for the next one. I can't remember what it he's,
2: was. He's back in training, but he is still a doubt for this one because he's been right. out a little bit longer. So um, Klopp has said that Tiago should be in the squad, Matip should be in the squad, and Firmino uh, might make a few. Uh, might take a few more days.
1: Right. But
2: there are only three injuries, and if if mm-hmm. two of them are in the squad, and Bobby's potentially back for the weekend, then by Brighton at the weekend, we we could have everybody available again, which well, <laughs> you know, that's a big, a, a, hoping nobody gets hurt tomorrow.
0: Just the Brighton but, game. Just that Brighton would game. only be
2: the second time in
0: Liverpool history,
2: four or five years that we've had absolutely everybody available to us. I think and when, since when that happens,
0: future, since we had more than one sub, I think that's the first time it's happened. Yeah. <laughs>
2: But, yeah, I mean, it, it'll give Klopp plenty of options. Mm. I think it means that Thiago probably starts on the bench with Naby mm-hmm. starting the game, and then Thiago replaces him maybe on 60 or something like that, um, which would be a welcome change from having to introduce James Milner. Um, Matip, I, I think, will start on the bench. I think Kanate will start this one. I think Kanate deserves to start this one. Um, and then, obviously, like, Firmino probably won't even make the bench. But if he does... It's just an extra option to have there, which which would always be nice. You know, you can never have too many good players.
0: So you're thinking the same team basically that played against West Ham.
2: I wonder if there'll be a change in midfield. Mm. I wonder if he might play Curtis Jones from the start in this one instead of Pendo, instead of Henderson, or or maybe instead of Fabinho. Right. Okay. Maybe maybe have Fabinho on the bench. Bring him on if you need him. But you know, with a 2-0 lead, you'd expect us to be fairly comfortable. Obviously, like I said, they are a good team. They're potential back-to-back Serie A winners. You can't write them off. But with a 2-0 lead, with them not really having much in the way of pace through the middle, they're not really a team that breaks through the middle either. They like those switches of play. So Fab not necessarily... Needed to defend how they play. Uh He might start Henderson as the six. And I believe there's comments or quotes going around from Henderson today uh from some interview or something he did at Rio Ferdinand, which I absolutely would not be watching, um, that Klopp <laughs> prefers him in the number six position. Uh, who wants to watch Rio Ferdinand?
0: Mm. Jesus
2: Lord, what does it? I saw a quote from Rio Ferdinand yesterday that uh, it was basically... You know, in 1920, Liverpool finished 30-odd points ahead of United. But United had caught them last season. They made the comment last season. And Liverpool can make all the excuses they want, but it shows that United haven't just caught them. They've overtaken them. Well, how's that looking now, Rio? How is that looking now, son? You're fifth. You've played more games than us. And you're, what are they, 16 points behind us? Having played a game more, that's a fair effort from Manchester United, just you know, who are, according to Rio, a better team than us. Um, (coughs) But yeah, apparently (laughs) Rio Ferdinand, Jesus, what? Uh, Apparently he's as good at punditry as he is at taking drug tests. Apparently uh, Henderson has said Klopp prefers playing him as the six, and I think we all collectively prefer him playing the six against certain teams. Mm. Um, and like Curtis has played well in his last couple of appearances. So I, I wouldn't be against Curtis, Henderson and Nabi. I prefer Curtis, Fabinho and Nabi, But I wouldn't be against Henderson playing the six with, with Curtis coming in as the... We agent. do
0: need to rest Fab at some point as well, to be fair. That's the thing. He's played an
2: awful lot of football. He played the entirety of the the cup final, which of course Henderson didn't. Um So I mean, Henderson did play then against Norwich. So you know Henderson starting three games in a well, four games in eleven days or ten days or whatever it would be from
0: Naby as well. Naby as well. He obviously missed the midweek cup game, but he played played Chelsea. But
2: then, he, then see him and Henderson. He played seventy five in the cup yeah. final. So maybe N- that
0: Naby is a special.
2: Yeah, I mean, we have to have one of Naby or Thiago on the pitch. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And if Thiago's not ready to start, it has to be Naby. And if Thiago can give you, maybe he can give you 45, so maybe you bring him on at half-time, and then you give Naby half a a game's rest. But one way or another, it has to be one of them at the left-side centre midfield role for the entire 90 minutes. If you start Henderson, you bring Fabinho on. If you start Fabinho, you bring Henderson on. And you get rest there as well. You've got five subs in the Champions League, which is obviously hugely beneficial. But I wouldn't be against seeing Curtis start in the right-sided role. Harvey start there in the first game. Wasn't great. Wasn't bad, but wasn't great. Mm -hmm. I think
0: Curtis deserves a chance this time. And to be fair, Henderson's best, probably best game this season was when he got... We, well, everyone thought, why is Henderson getting put in the sixth and Fabinho coming off? Which is probably yeah. the best game of the season against him. I mean,
2: I'd say Everton in the derby might yeah, have been yeah, better because, yeah. but again, yeah. again, that's that's largely viewed through the, the lens of he scored and had an assist and it's ever. So, and it was, yeah, that's the thing. It's ever like the, the garbage. So that that performance in itself has become overhyped. It was an eight out of 10. Um, and, and that's all it was. It wasn't the 10 out of 10 that some people have made it out to be, but I would say it and the inter-performance off the bench, comfortably his two best performances of the season. Um, at the weekend, like he had a good first half but a bad second half. I thought Fab the same, but I thought Fab's was because Fab got tired. Henderson's was just because he started doing silly things like pressing their goalkeeper and pressing the centre-backs, so and we didn't need him to do that. We need him to be more positionally aware. So we want,
0: probably wanted Craig Dawson passing the ball to be fair. <laughs>
2: yeah, to be fair, and like Henderson was pressing him routinely, mm. which when you're going from right side of midfield to press the right side centre back, that's just not a good look. Um I would say I would say start Henderson at the six, give Fabinho the rest. If you mm. need Fab, bring him on. But I'd say start Henderson and bring bring Fab off the bench start Jones and start Mabby, I think it's enough. Their, yeah. their midfield three, if we look around their whole team, good keeper, pass is best, but still good. Excellent back three, very good front two, very strong at wing back. The midfield three without Barella is their weakest area. It's, it's good when he's there, but, because him and Brozovic are both very, very good. Vidal and Chalinaglu was two of a midfield three. It's not something that would keep you awake at night, so I'd be happy enough with, with that midfield three. Jones, Henderson and Nabi. I think the back four stays the same as the weekend. I think Ali starts. I wouldn't be surprised to see a change in the front three. Mm. I, I, I think maybe either Diaz or Mane comes out for this one with Jota starting and the other one then off the bench. I think Mane might be the more obvious one to um, to leave on the bench for this one, but it probably will be Diaz if it, if there is a change, and Mane goes back left wing with Jota to the middle.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's probably the first choice forward line this season as well. That's worked really well. So, but mm. uh, I mean, Jota's looked a bit rusty after his injury, but we have got to play him through that. So I'd probably that's look.
2: exactly it. He's got to get minutes on the pitch, and he's he's got to start getting. A bit more confident. He hasn't looked good since coming back from the injury. But the only way he'll get better is to play, and as simple as that. Like you know, Salah's going to start. Um I would assume Jota starts, and I think the other one will be Mane. Though I would I would prefer, I would prefer to see what uh, Salah Jota Diaz looks like at least, um and give Mane a bit of a rest because. He's played an awful lot of football recently as well. Like he, he was away at Afcon. Mm-hmm. Him and Mo, to be fair, both could do with a bit of a rest. But um, Mo came off early at the weekend. I think he'll start. I think Sal. I think Diaz is the one that will miss out.
0: Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me. And then we'll then we'll see with Brighton. Um, but key jewels in this one. The first game, I mean, Inter's threat was basically Perisic against Trent. Mm. Um, is that how you see it again?
2: Yeah, whether it, whether it's Paris at Joghousins against yeah. Trent, that's going to be big. That's going to be very, very tough. Um, Jekyll against Kanate, uh, potentially as well, could be could be a, a, an important thing. And then obviously Salah against Bastone for us from an attacking point is, is the key jewel there. Um, I don't think any of the midfields, Battles will alter the result one way or another. I don't see a match winner in their midfield. Naby and Curtis potentially could. For us, look, could if he manages to ping one in the net from twenty-five yards. But <clears throat> I don't have I don't have too many concerns about that. I think I think Dzeko against Kanate, uh, Perisic against Trent. I will say on the other side as well, Dumfries against Robo because Dumfries can match Robo's. Pace and work rate and intensity, so that's that's one as well. And then I think for us, Salah against Bastoni is huge because Bastoni is quick enough; he's got good enough feet to keep with Salah in tight spaces. But when Salah's at his very best, there's no centre back in the game, bar maybe Virgil, who can who can stop him. So if Salah is is in form, which he hasn't been of late, I think Salah can be a big difference for us.
0: Yeah, it should certainly be interesting. Uh, your prediction for this one?
2: I will say a 3-1 Liverpool win. I think it'll be a good game. I think we might go 2-0 up again, like we did the last time. And if they get a goal, I think they'll open up and try and chase the game. They might try and chase the game quite early as well, which could leave us able to counterattack in behind them. Mm-hmm. And, you know, as good as Schrinier and De Vries are, neither of them are all that quick. So if we can get pace in behind them, and you know if there's a bit of space between them and the keeper, that might be might be an avenue. But I'll go three one. I think it'll be a good game.
0: Yeah, I was thinking two 0 again, just to repeat the uh, the away score. But yeah, I think if we get one, maybe they'll just maybe take the three 0 you know, unless it's a mental game. But if we score one or two, I think they'll. It might just end up being remember that Portal game where we did not play football mm. for that basically just had a chat for 90 minutes. So, if we yeah. get an early goal, it might end up like that, I think. Yeah, for sure. Uh, but that's it, Dave. Anything you want to let the uh, listeners know?
2: No, just listen to the two footed pod every day at lunchtime or every uh, 4 p.m. and the daily red every day at lunchtime. And, um, yeah, that's basically it. And keep an eye on young Matchett, he's got a couple of interesting things coming out in the independence. So uh, do keep an eye on what he's up to as well.
0: Yeah, Carl will probably have more bad news for us before the Brighton podcast, which will, I don't know, Wednesday, Thursday, whenever we get round to it. Um, Again, I didn't mention this in the intro. Sorry, we're not on Discord. We we kind of just did this after two-footed because Carl wasn't here. Uh, But we'll be back on Discord later in the week. But thank you, everyone. Goodbye.
1: We hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show. Please be sure to subscribe to our channel And find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favorite podcast app. It only takes a couple of seconds, and it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Sports Social Podcast Network.
0: Instacart shoppers, no groceries. They know that you can't make guacamole with rock hard avocados.